peoples. Uh, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you for this moment now. I, I decrease that you would increase. I get my humanity out of the way. You speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind. You operate through my limbs. Your word will go forth with clarity of speech and understanding. I thank you for analogies and illustrations, for principles and precepts. I thank you for the ability to teach your word in a way that people can see, hear, and understand. Because at any time, when it, you can see the word, hear the word, and understand the word of God, you can be changed by that word that you see, hear, and understand. I declare that lives will be changed in this room and those that are watching online, and they will never be the same. In Jesus' name, say amen. amen. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may, you may be seated. All right. All right. Praise God. Now I, I can go ahead and get into the word. Listen. Uh, how many of you were here for the Equip Conference 2024? If you were, give God some praise. Hallelujah. All right. And, I, and so I know that the word was rich. Uh, although we were not physically here, I did receive some of the word. And the word was tremendously rich. I thank God for the word that went forth. And it's a life-changing word. And so what we have to do as believers in the body of Christ is be sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit leads us through his lordship but also through the leadership of those that he has assigned to us. My wife a few minutes ago was referring to Hebrews chapter 13 where the Bible says that we ought to consider those who are our leaders, those who bring us and give us the word of God. The Bible says we ought to consider the outcome of their well-spent lives and then imitate their faith. And so for that to happen, you have to have leaders that are willing to expose themselves, to be vulnerable enough to tell you what they did to get to where they are. And then you must have enough honor to not see the human, uh, but to see the God in the human, and then to honor them on a level that you can imitate their faith. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. So, so if you were here on Friday night, uh, I know that you heard that there's a word of the Lord for this season that you were made for more. Say, I was made for more. I was made for more. I was. I was. I was made for more. And as soon as you heard that word, the, the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, began to talk to you. And what, what the Holy Spirit does is he gives us dreams while we're sleeping. He gives us open visions while we're awake. He's, I don't know what it is about driving, but he talks to us while we're driving a lot, right? Because I, I don't know what it is about the car, but the car is like a sanctuary, you know what I'm saying? But he talks to us while we're driving, you know what I'm saying? He speaks to us through other people, through the Holy Spirit. And so all of this stuff is happening. And one of the things that we know is that while we are where we are right now in this moment, January 2024, we were made for more. So I was made for more. So I was made for more. So no matter where I am, those of you that are watching online, no matter where you are in your life, what you have to do is balance this, the now and the next. Say, I balance the now and the next. Let me explain what I mean. And so if, it's, it's real good to get excited, Gail, about what God has in the next. It's real good to get excited when you look at somebody and say, God has more in 2024. You know what I'm saying? Slap your girlfriend and say, God has more in 2024. And then you put that on Instagram. You put that on Facebook. And you write it down. And then you got out of church. Girl, let me tell y'all something. Yeah, more in 2024. It's cool to talk about all this stuff that God has for us in the next. But you also have to make the most of your now. 
now. And if you're not careful, you can get so excited about the next that you fail to have joy in the now. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, let me be transparent for a moment. Watch this, Sergeant Major. A long time ago, there was a moment in my life where I was so excited about the next that I actually lost the joy of my now where I was frustrated with my now because I knew that there was something greater, but it had not happened yet. And so I lost the joy of my today because of my anticipation of my tomorrow. But we serve a God. Watch this. Paul said, no, you got to learn how to be content. You got to learn. Watch this. When you get up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, watch this. This is my confession. My calling is calling me. You know what I'm saying? And you got to know that my calling is calling me. I know that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm the lender not the borrower. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor, never the victim. Come on now. I got it going on from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. In Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, they say I got it going on from the early morn to the break of dawn and on and on. And it don't stop. You know what I'm saying, Gail? And it don't quit. But, but if you're not careful, you get so excited about your next and your, all of this stuff that you lose the joy of your now. So God wants you to live every day maximizing your now while at the same time I'm going to maintain an expectation, a manifestation for the next. So I'm believing God for what he's doing in my life. I'm believing God for what he already declared over 2024. I have some things on my vision board. I have some things I'm believing God for. I have some things in my prayer room. As a matter of fact, when I go into my prayer closet, I can see it. And it becomes so real to me. Oh my God, I can see it. I see it. Like it's, it's so real to me that it's actually more real to me than the things that I see with my natural eyes. And I come out of my prayer closet and it's like the world hasn't caught up with it yet. And, and, and so, so, so sometimes if I'm not careful, uh, watch this, I can get frustrated with the people I got to deal with right now because I know that next is coming, but I, I have to be, I have to be gracious in the now while I'm praising God for the next. And so I'm balancing my next with my now. Say amen to that. All right. And so, so yes, there is more in 2024 that God, and we was created. We were made for more. And watch this. How do I navigate change? I'm navigating all of these changes by reminding myself that there is a purpose that God established for me before the world began. One of the scriptures that Bishop dealt with on Friday night is 2 2 Timothy 1 and 9. And in 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says that we, God saved us, say I'm saved. Don't say that if you're not saved. If you're not saved, we need to get you saved today. But if you're saved, say, I'm saved. I'm saved. All right. So the, the, the text says, God saved us and called us. All right. Oh, so, so he didn't just save us. If all God wanted you to do was get saved and have fire insurance and not go to hell, then you'd be gone. If you're still here, if there's air still flowing through your lungs, if there's blood still flowing through your veins. It's obvious that God is not through with you yet. And so you have a purpose. There's a purpose. There's destiny locked up inside of you. you. You know, you are success going somewhere to succeed. And so you have all of this on the inside of you. So God saved you and called you with a holy call. Why? So that my life could be about something that's bigger than me. Yes, sir. So uh, God saved me and called me with a holy calling. Then the text says this, Gail, not according to my own works. And it wasn't because I was so good, because if, I were, if I'm honest, I'm not that good. If it wasn't because I did everything right, because if I'm honest, I didn't do everything right. Don't try to act like you all that. You're not all that. 
You only are what you are by the grace of God. Don't even try to act like, like you all that. Like you, you know, religious people, they look down on other people. If you ever met a Christian that looks down on other people, they're letting you know they're a baby Christian. Come on, yes, sir. Because if you really know God, you really have to acknowledge how jacked up you are. Come on. How could I look down on you when I realize that I only am who I am by the grace of God? So anyway, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Uh Uh-oh, purpose and grace. So God gave me a purpose and the grace for the purpose. God gave me an assignment and the grace for the assignment. God told me, called me to do something, and he gave me the power to fulfill the calling. He gave me both in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So before the world began, God had already set this thing up. God had already ordained me. God preordained me from the foundations of the world. And so so God made plans for me before I was born. All the stages of my life, uh, Psalms 139 and verse 16 were laid out before me before I ever took one breath, one day. Everything was already, listen, I am not a mistake. Say, I'm not a mistake. No, no, no. Matter of fact, the, you know how people talk about, ooh, Bishop, I read the Bible. I wish I was born in Bible days. I don't know about you. They had no internet. They had no, no electricity. They had no running water. They had no flushing toilets. No, the devil is a liar. God, God sent me to this planet when I was supposed to be sent to this planet. So watch this. So you were born when you were born. You were born where you were born because of why you were born. You were born for such a time as this. You were, there's an anointing on your life. There's a, there's a calling on your life. There's a grace on your life. Nobody else has your voice print. Nobody else has your fingerprint. Nobody else has your divine assignment. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, what I'm not going to do, let me tell you what I ain't going to do, because we in the South, I can say it like that. Let me tell you what, what, what I ain't going to do. I'm, what I'm not going to do is watch this be jealous of you. Because me being jealous of you is devaluing who God called me to be. No, that's what we ain't going to do. No, that's what we ain't going to do. I'm not, I'm not going to devalue. I'm not going to disrespect who God called me to be. I can build you up without tearing me down. I can celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. I, will, I might even sow a seed. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. I love you. But what, what I'm not going to do is feel less than because I'm building you up. I can build you up, and I can still build me up, and it takes all of us to be the church. Say amen to that. All right. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm valuing you. I'm valuing myself. I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. There's an anointing that's on my life, and I will not be moved from it. I'm going to appreciate who God called me to be. I know that God is on me and in me and with me and for me. And so so my life is not about me. My life is all about him. Say amen to that. And so when I, when I live that way, watch this, I will remain humble. I know that anything that I do is by the grace of God. Oh, Brother Pena, but you were the one that got up early in the morning. Hey, Brother, uh, Sister Pena, you were the one that went to the gym. Or oh, you were the one. That, no, no, no. Anything we did, it was still the grace of God. Don't get it twisted. It was the grace of God. We are who we are by the grace of God. The apostle Paul said it this way. Paul was like, okay, let me, how, how do I explain this? How do I explain this? He says, I am who I am 
by the grace of God. Stop. Now, if he paused there, and if that's all he said, Bishop, then people would, would get it messed up. Because then they would say, well, wait a minute. It seems like God gave you more grace than he gave me. Uh, so so he, he, he went on to say, well, hold on for a minute. Let me explain something. I worked harder than all the other apostles. Yeah, but then he didn't stop there, because then if he, if he would have stopped there, then people would have been like, you see, now it's all about you. It's not, yeah, Paul's like, man, so it's not, it's the grace, but then I don't want to leave it like that. Well, I worked hard, but I don't want to leave it like that. Oh, let me go on and explain. But then again, it wasn't even me. It was the grace of God through me. So is it God? Yes. Is it me? Yes. Is it me? Yes. Is it God? Yes. Is God through me? Is God in me? Is God on me? Is God for me? And so it's all about him. And so I am who I am by the grace of God. So everything God does for us, he does by grace. Say grace. grace. That's God's part. Grace is unmerited, undeserved. It's the free favor of God. You cannot work for it. Grace is a gift. In Romans chapter 11, it says grace is a gift and you can't work for a gift. If I try to give you a gift and then you say, well, how much do I owe you? Now you're trying to pay for the gift. You're trying to, you're trying to change it from a gift. A, a gift is not a gift if you pay for it. If you pay for it, now you earned it. You know what I'm saying? So no, all I can do with the gift is receive. Say, I receive. So grace is a gift. You can't work for it. All you can do with the gift is receive it, right? And so God does everything that he does for us by grace. Grace is a gift. But, but watch this. We then, in response to God's grace, are called to walk and live by what? Faith. And so I'm supposed to live by faith, walk by faith, pray by faith, overcome the world by faith. I do everything by faith. And my faith taps into God's grace. And when my faith taps into God's grace, when I make a human alignment with my divine assignment and the grace of God is flowing, then I get to experience God's best in this world. Say amen to that. All right. So that said, uh, uh, now I can go ahead and start preaching. That was the introduction. All right. so, So that said... If God does everything that he does by grace, and I'm supposed to do everything that I do by faith, and, and this is a season where I'm supposed to navigate change, and this is a season where I've been made for more, the assignment that God gave me to share with you this morning is real simple. You ready? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Do not lose your focus. Do not lose your focus. What you don't want to do is lose your focus. You want to be fixed and focused on what God is saying in this particular season. And I want you to know that when, when God speaks, there are different sounds that come from heaven. There's, there's a sound. Like I remember I was sharing this morning, Bishop, in uh, 2012, Kenneth Copeland, he prophesied that 2012 would be a year of great grace. And that was 2012. And prior to 2012, those of us that are like within the family of faith, that preached this style of faith teaching, um, we had not really taught a lot on grace prior to 2012. And so Dr. Dollar started teaching on grace. Uh, that was the sound that was coming from heaven. It was grace. Uh, he, start, he started tapping into Joseph Prince. You heard uh, Bill Winston teaching on grace. Uh, you start, so, so you heard, heard why? Because that was the sound that was coming from heaven, right? And so, so there's a sound that's coming right now from heaven as well, that this is going to be a tremendous year for us. But another thing that I'm hearing through many leaders is that in this particular season, you cannot lose your focus. In this particular season, you got to be careful not to get distracted. Come on. Because it, while this is going to be a tremendous season for many, this is also going to be a season of many distractions, of tremendous distractions. Jerry Savelle said this recently. He said, while this is a season where your greatest expectations will be fulfilled, 
this is also a season where you have to remain focused on your faith. Where, where you cannot lose your focus where faith is concerned because in this particular season, there will be many distractions. Say distractions. So if, that, so if that's true, let me, let me use it this way. So if it is true that God already made plans for, for me from the foundations of the world, and that's true, and if it is true that God's part is grace and his part is already done, then what, what that means is that for me, I have to live by faith and I need to remain focused. This season, I need to be fixed and focused on what God already spoke over my life for 2024 so that I can maximize the season and experience God's best. Now, this is what I believe, Gail. I believe that none of us are perfect. And I believe that some of us are going to get to heaven only to realize that there were many opportunities that we missed out on because we lost our focus. That there were things that we missed out on that we could have experienced a greater level of blessing or a greater level of, uh, of the fulfillment of the assignment, but because we either had fear, doubt, unbelief, or we were just not focused on what God was saying, we were not sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit, we missed out on God's best. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God already destined for me to have. I want to get out of me everything that God placed in me from the foundations of the world. So as I'm walking out 2024, I, although I know that I'm made for more, I want to make sure that I don't lose my focus. Say, I will not, I will not. lose my focus. Say, I will not be distracted. So I'm going to be locked in. I'm not going to lose my focus. I'm not going to be distracted. This is a season where distractions will come, but I will not be distracted. Here's a scripture that if you watch me, some of you watch today's word. I do a daily devotional called today's word. Many of you watch today's word. If you watch today's word, give God some praise. All right. So for those of you that watch today's word, you already know Proverbs chapter 4 and 25 from the Passion Translation. I've been reading it to you every day. All right, but let me, let me share it for everybody else. Proverbs 4 and 25 from the Passion Translation says this. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. So in, in 2024, I know that I was made for more, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be locked in. I'm going to set my gaze, Willie. I'm looking straight ahead, and I will ignore life's distractions. I'm going to be fixed and focused on the future that God has for me. I'm going to be fixed and focused on the plans that God has for me, and I'm going to walk it out. Now, this is what happens. Uh, just so I can explain to you how this works with God. When we were born, how many of you know that you were born without the Holy Spirit? So, so when, when uh, God said to Adam, the day you eat thereof of this particular fruit, that day you shall surely die, he ate and he died. He didn't die physically, he died spiritually. And so, so no longer in Genesis 2 and 25, the Bible says the man and his wife, they were naked and they were not ashamed. They were so conscious, they were so God conscious that it didn't even register to them that they were physically naked. When the Holy Spirit was removed, they were like, oh, snap. And then they started covering themselves up, right? And they said, oh, hey, hey. Just, so they, they, they saw their nakedness, right? Because now the Holy Ghost was gone, and they were resigned to living their lives as a mere human. And when we were born, we were born as mere humans. So although God made plans for us from the foundations of the world, we were born ignorant of those plans. We didn't know anything about it. And so now, when we get born again, say, I'm born again. 
when we get born again, the Holy Ghost comes inside of us. The Holy Spirit is God's connection to us because God is a spirit, right? And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, another scripture Bishop shared on Friday night. And so, so this is what I, I was joking this morning in the first service. I said, you know, the, the church mothers back in the day, they used to quote 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. And they would say, baby. And you'd be like, yes, ma'am. And you know, I has not seen, baby. Neither has ear heard. You know, the good things, yet the ways of the Lord are past finding out. You just never know what God will do. And we say, yes, ma'am. But mama stopped reading at verse 9. She didn't go on to verse 10. Verse 9 says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things that God has prepared for them that love him. But... God has revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit, for his spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. Watch this. He said, listen, we didn't get the spirit from the world. We got the spirit from God, from Abba. Why? Why? So that we can know. God gave us his spirit so that we can know the things that are freely given unto us by God. So while we were born without the Holy Ghost, come here, Gail, for a minute. Watch this. So when you were born, uh, 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 born and raised in the streets of Brooklyn. No, I'm sorry. When you were born in New York, right. yeah, watch it now, watch it now. So when you were born, you were born without the Holy Ghost. That's right. And so, so when you were born without the Holy Ghost and you start living without the Holy Ghost, we tell, you know, young men and women, uh, uh, we make the mistake, although we, you know, we mean well, we say stuff like, baby, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. You know, I want you to dream big. You can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Right? When I was in PS 149 on Sutter Avenue, they told me you could be whatever you want to be when you grow up. You know what I'm saying? But like God didn't already make plans. No, what we need to tell them is you need to discover what God already planned for your life. How do you become a success? Three things. No, stay right here, Gail. I got to find it. Say, I find it. Follow it. And finish it. Yeah, what I got to do is I got to discover it, develop it, deploy into it. I got to find it, follow it, and finish it before I die. So now, Gail, you're born without the Holy Ghost. Then you come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 13 that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So now you're born again. You have the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit begin to do? In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 17, the apostle Paul prayed. He said, I'm praying for you that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Another translation says, flooded with light. Why? So that you would know what is the hope of your calling, the hope that God has for you, and the exceeding great riches that God has in heavenly places uh, in Christ Jesus towards usward who believe. There's a plan for your life, Gail, and the Holy Ghost, uh, Paul was praying, I pray that you would know what that is. So the Holy Spirit begins to watch this to reveal to you what's already prepared for you, but was concealed from you. So he's revealing to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. So he wants to tell you what's already yours. He's telling you what's already yours, and then your job is to, to see it in the Spirit, then believe it, then, then line up your life now. Make decisions in 2024 while you're navigating change. Make decisions in 2024 while you're navigating change. When you have to make a decision in March, you're making that decision based on what you believe God already did from the foundations of the world. You're not making the decision based on your bank account. You're not making the decision based on what your girlfriend said. You're, you're making the decision based on what you believe God already ordained from the foundations of the world. How do I navigate change? I'm looking at the eternal. I look not at the things which are seen. You gotta preach. I'm looking at the things that are unseen. I'm looking beyond where my eyes can look. 
I'm meditating on the things that are unseen. Why? Because the things that are seen are temporary. They're subject to change. The things that are not seen, they're eternal. So, so watch this. Because it's eternal, it can never change. Let me explain. Stay right there. Stay right there, Gail. So watch this. Watch this. I have something behind this podium. You can't see it right now. I'm about to reveal it to you. Watch this. I'm about to reveal what was concealed. As I reveal, boom, you see there's a phone, right? Now it's concealed. Now it's revealed. Now it's concealed, right? Watch this. I cannot reveal something that's not there. Come on, Come on. Somebody's about to get this. When the Holy Ghost reveals something to you, it's there. And God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he'll make it good. Now, it's a matter of time, though. It might take some time. But if God showed it to you, God, you can't lie. I saw myself. You woke me up and showed me running that business. You woke me up and showed me going to school at that school. You woke me up and showed me doing that hair and that little girl. I know that's my daughter. You woke me up. You see what I'm saying? And if God showed it to you, God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. He will never reveal something that's not there. Stay right there, Gail. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. On Friday night, Bishop dealt with Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15 from the Amplified. Let me go to verse 11, and then we'll go to 15. In verse 11, the Bible says, God has made everything beautiful in his time. And so God is in eternity, and we're in time. So watch this. God is in eternity. So let me, let me stand up here. Let's say up here is eternity. Say eternity. eternity. Down there is time. Say time. The problem is that up here, God is in eternity, so he's outside of time. And, and we're in time. And we live our lives out within the continuum of time. So for us, things are sequential. For God is not. God sees everything at the same time. And so, so it's like, okay, let me explain. Let me explain how God is in every time at the same time. Uh, now, a lot of people in this room are either military or associated with the military, right? So you understand land nav, and you understand GPS locations, right, right? And so I can't, watch this, I can't, when, when, when I was coming here this morning, I left the, the West Campus. When I was leaving the West Campus, first of all, when I was in the West Campus, God was with me in the West Campus, right? But at the same time, God was in the South Campus. <laughs> and so, so when I got in the car, I was driving to the South Campus. God was with me in the car driving to the South Campus, but he was still at the West Campus, and he was still at the South Campus at the same time. So I can't give you a grid coordinate where God is because there is no grid coordinate where God is not. You got it? So just like God is everywhere at the same time, God is in every time at the same time. So God is with us right now in 2024. At the same time, he's still with Jesus 2,000 years ago. At the same time, he's still 2,000 years from now because God is outside of time. God is in eternity. So because God is in eternity, we're in time. When God speaks to us, he speaks to us from what I call the position of the eternal now. So when God gives you a word, Gail, it always sounds like now. The problem is, for him it's now. But he's not in time. Since he's in every time at the same time, for him is always now. But for you, it could be five months. It could be five years. It could be 15 years. And God said it like it's now. Because he's eternal. So the text says, God made everything beautiful in his time. So God takes something out of eternity, 
right? And he plants it in your heart and in your mind. And when he does, the text says it becomes a divinely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun, but God alone can satisfy. In other words, God gave you a vision of you doing some stuff many, many years ago. God showed you a vision of you operating on a certain level with a pink car. You know what I'm saying? And so he, he showed you that a long time ago, and you will never be satisfied until it happens. And so when you get a vision from God, you know that you're operating with, my calling is calling me. So I have this divinely implanted sense of purpose is inside of me working through the ages. That means that weeks go by and that thing is still working. Months go by and that thing is still working. Years go by and that thing is still working. It's working through the ages and I will never be satisfied until I receive what God said. I've seen it in my heart and it's only a matter of time before I see it in my hands. Say amen to that. All right, verse 15. Verse 15 says everything that is has already been. Look around for a minute. Stay right there, Gail. Uh, everything that is has already been. So look around. Look around. You look at your friends. Look at your cousin. Look at your, the chairs. You see everything that is has already been. So everything you see right now had already been. And, 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 and as hard as that is, Danny, for you to wrap your mind around, then the text says, oh, man, this is really about to mess somebody up. Then the text says everything that will be has already been. So God seeks that which has passed by. So watch this, Gail. God already saw your life, the whole thing, from beginning all the way to the end, right? And so let's say, for example, that that wall is the day you were born, and that wall is the day you graduate going to heaven. Good news, there's more... Side, there's more room on this side, right? And so, hallelujah. All right, won't he do it? All right, so, so um, God will take something from over here. Now, you don't know that it's going to take five years because when he said it, it sounds like now. But God will take something from, from over here and then put it over here. And he wants you to live like it's already done. That's right. He wants you to live with an expectation, and when he looks at your life now, he's looking for what he planned. So the text says, when he looks at your life, so he's looking for what has already passed by so that his story, or well, it says history, but which is his story, so that his story can repeat itself in your life. When he looks at Gail, he's looking for what he saw in Gail. And when you're not in alignment, he says to you what he said to Adam. Adam, where art thou? He wasn't saying, Adam, I don't know where you are. Yeah, 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 he was yeah. saying, Adam, that's not what I planned. That's good. That's good. That's so there are moments where God looks at you and says, hey, what's wrong with you? What you doing out there? Stop talking like that. Talking like you crazy. Talking against the promise. Talking like you lost. What's wrong with you? That's not how we talk. When the Holy, watch this. When the Holy Ghost comes, he doesn't come to convict you of sin. Oh, Brother Pena, are you in the book? Oh, I'm in the book. He comes to convict you of your righteousness. Sister Linda, you know what the Holy Ghost does? The Holy Ghost will say, come on, you're a daughter of God. You're a, woman, you're a woman of God. You're a child of the Most High God. Don't talk like that. You know how you're supposed to talk. And the, the Holy Ghost comes to convict you of the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world so that you can walk out your own divine assignment, so that you can know who you are, so that you can be comfortable in your own skin, so that you can be celebrating your own assignment. And when you know who you are, you can celebrate other people and it doesn't tear you down. Come on now. Give God some oh praise. Gosh. All right, you can be. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. All right, let me give you a couple of examples on what you need to do so that you don't get distracted. I don't want you to say, I will not be distracted. First, let me read for you Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Because while we're not saved by works, we are saved for work. We're not saved to sit. We're saved to serve. Right? We're saved to serve. So we're not saved to sit. We're saved to serve. We are saved for works. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, in, from the easy to read version, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that he had already planned for us to do. Let me read that to you in the Passion Translation. It says, we have become God's poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given to each of us. Say, I have a destiny. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Here it is. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do in order to fulfill it. So there's some work that I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved for work. So, so I can't work for grace, but I work by grace. And so now because the grace of God is on me, I'm working harder than I've ever worked in my life, but my body doesn't break down. I get good sleep at night. I'm not pulling my hair out. Why? Because it's not me. It's the, in John 14 and 10, Jesus said, it's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. So I don't want us to be distracted. Uh, you want to be locked in. You cannot lose your focus. Luke chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Let me read this to you. The Bible says, beginning at verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, now, now I, let, me just, let me talk about Mary and Martha like they're from Georgia, right? Like they're from the South, you know what I'm saying? And, and they got some good home training. Say home training. They got some home training. They was raised right. And so, so Mary and Martha, they know how to host people. Jesus came into their house with his whole team, and all of them was in the house. You know what I'm saying? And so Martha was like, we got to do this right. You know, I done made, let me go make some, some iced tea, you know what I'm saying, and some lemonade, and they might want to mix and make a Charlie Palm. You know, I don't know. And then let me get some crackers, and let me get some cheese. Let me get everything lined up for Jesus. And then Martha comes out there, and Jesus is teaching, and Mary is at his feet, and Jesus is pouring out and Mary is at his feet. And then Martha, let me say like she's from Georgia. She said, excuse me, Reverend Jesus, can I talk to you for a minute? And he's like, yes. Uh, now, she interrupted Jesus while he was teaching. She interrupted Jesus to come up with her complaint. And she was like, excuse me, Reverend Jesus. He's like, what's up? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, you know <laughs> I, 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 I'm getting all the crackers ready. You know what I'm saying? I just made this, uh, this iced tea. I, I make some good iced tea. You know what I'm saying? I use brown sugar. I don't use that white stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm getting everything ready. I got my crackers. I got all my platters and everything. But my sister is laying here at your feet. And I got dishes piling up in the kitchen. Can you please tell my little sister, you know, tell her, with a take a little happy self up and come help me in the kitchen. And Jesus said, listen, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried. You are troubled by many things. He says, here I am pouring out and you are missing out. You are working when you should have been worshiping. There's a time to work. There's a time to worship. There's a time to worship. There's a time to work. And you got to discern the two. And so he says, no, there's, there's a few things that are necessary. Actually, right now, just one. 
Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken away from her. This lady was distracted. Now, here's the thing. She wasn't distracted by something bad. That's right. That's right. Right? Because she had good home training. Her mama taught her better than, better than that. So, you know what I'm saying? So, she was actually distracted by something good. You know, as a believer, here's the thing. The devil is crafty. He's not, he's not going to try to trick you with sin because he knows you know better than that. He's, tr- he's going to try to get you with something good. Not everything that's good is of God. That's right. What she was doing, you can make the argument, was good. But it was the right thing at the wrong time. And the right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. So you got to have discernment. You, you, you can't be distracted. In this particular season, you got to have so much discernment that you sense the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit that you do the right things, but you do them at the right times so that you're not out of sync with God, so that you don't get distracted even doing something that you thought was good. Hey, pastor, I was out here. I was doing, this is a good thing. Yeah, daughter, but it wasn't the right thing. I was pouring out and you were missing out because you need to be, listen, you need to be sensitive. Say, I'm sensitive. In this season, you want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You don't want to miss out. You, you want to know when God is speaking, and you want to have the spiritual focus required so you can lock in. Another mistake she made is a mistake a lot of people make in the body of Christ. Watch this. This mistake, it is called the mistake of comparison. Come on, son. Say comparison. Comparison. She messed up when she started comparing herself to her sister. Now, you were fine. You were fine, Right? You've been driving this 2004 Honda Accord, and you love, you've been telling everybody for years how much you love that car, until Sister Johnson over there got a 2024 Honda Accord. And then now, now you don't like your car no more. You was fine with that car until she showed up on Bible study Wednesday night, and now you you got in your car, now you have a distaste for your car. Right? Balance the now and the next. Stop comparing yourself to people. If you want to make the most of this particular season, you want to make the most of the next particular season, what you can't do is compare yourself to other people. So, so, so God has a race for you. There is a race, Hebrews 12 and 1, that is set before you. And you have to run with patience the race that was set before you. You can't compare yourself to other people. Come on, do I have any soldiers in the room? I got a soldier right here. So watch this. Uh, say, thank God. I don't have to do a PT test no more. Lord have mercy. Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Hey, hey! Glory! When I was out there on that PT test, I know y'all got a new ACFT or whatever, but back in the day, we had a PT test. We had three stations, you know what I'm saying? Push-ups, sit-ups, two-mile run. And so when, when we was out there on that run, you mess around and try to keep up with somebody, and you know you can't hang with them, you know what I'm saying? And so now you running, you doing your thing, and here comes Son Jones. And you're like, <laughs> you trying to keep up with Son Jones? Man, you got to bust a lung out there trying to keep up with Son Jones. Don't leave, let, let that joker run, you know what I'm saying? Let him do his thing. Listen, there is a race that was set out before me. There's a race that was set out before you. You got to run with patience the race that was set before you. Say this, I will run my race at my pace with my grace. Give God some praise for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because if you start comparing yourself, now here you are trying to keep up with Sergeant Jones. Here's the other mistake that, that you make. So now here comes, so I couldn't keep up with Sergeant Jones, but here comes Private Smith, and she's running slower than me. And now I slow down, and I feel like I'm doing better, or I feel good about myself because I'm running faster than her. No, I'm, I'm, if I hang with her too long, I'm going to fail this PT test. I need to hurry up and get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't need to compare myself. If they're running too fast for me, it's too fast for me. If they're running too slow for me, it's too slow for me. I just need to run my race at my pace with my grace. I tell people that I mentor, don't try to be like me. I have a grace to do a bunch of things. You mess around, try to keep up with me, you're going to, you know what I'm saying, you're not going to get no sleep. And so, so no, you just have to do what God has called you to do. You got to know who you are. You got to remain focused. Yes, God has more for you in 2024, but you need to be comfortable in your own assignment. Say amen to that. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, New King James Version, the Bible says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. There's some people that just commend themselves. Oh, look at me. I'm so good. <laughs> but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves, they are not wise. It's not wise to be out here comparing yourself to everybody it, because either you're going to feel good about yourself or you're going to feel bad about yourself. Either way, you shouldn't have been comparing yourself. Say, I'm going to run my race. I'm going to just run my race at my pace with my grace. Say amen to that. You don't want to lose your focus. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 26. The Bible says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said unto them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the waves... He, got, he lost his focus. He began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's talk about losing your focus for a minute. So let me give you the context. So this, on this particular day, um, Jesus found out that morning that his cousin was killed, John the Baptist. Jesus was frustrated by that. But because he knew that it was a spiritual attack, you fight back spiritual with spiritual. So he didn't yell at the devil. He didn't start crying out to the devil. You know what he did? The Bible says when he found out that his cousin was killed, he went out and healed them all. Right? right? So he went out, healed a bunch of people. After he healed a bunch of people, he told his team, you guys get into this boat, go into the other side of the lake. He dismissed the crowd and he went up into the mountainside to pray. That was when he was going to have his one-on-one -on -one time with the Father and basically process the fact that John the Baptist was dead. He prayed for hours. Say hours. Hours. So the first watch of the night is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The second watch of the night is 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. The third watch of the night is 12 p.m. to 3 a.m. The fourth watch of the night, which is when he showed up, is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. I don't know if you've ever been up from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Any of y'all ever pull uh, CQ or guard duty? Lord have mercy. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., uh, Dr. Joel Gregory said that's the law of human existence. You know what I'm saying? 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., you're sitting there at the CQ desk, and you're like, oh. You're like, what is that? Somebody down the hall? Who? What is that? You start hallucinating. You start seeing stuff. 
they was like, is that a ghost? Is that a ghost? I don't know. Looked like a ghost to me. They were terrified. They've been battling wind, battling waves all night long. It's 4.12 in the morning before Jesus showed up. You know what I'm saying? Why he take so long? They out there, Lord, man, we, we, we battling this stuff. We barely getting by. Jesus told us to be out here. We're in the center of God's will. Why are we dealing with a storm? And so in that four o'clock in the morning, Jesus shows up walking on water. They thought he was a ghost. They were afraid. And then Peter, one out of the 12. Listen, here's the thing. While you're, while you're staying locked in and focused for 2024, one of the things you have to do is you have to have the audacity to open up your mouth and ask for it when God tells you to ask for it. Amen. There's 12 people in the boat. Only one said, Lord, if that's you, I want to get in on what you're doing. The Holy Ghost, I believe it was the Holy Spirit prompted him and said, hey, that's, that's Jesus. If you want to get in on it, you have to ask for it. Look at somebody say, you have to ask for it. James said, you have not because you ask not. Listen, you are going to have to open up your mouth and ask for it. You're going to have to have the audacity, even if you don't understand. Look, Bishop just prophesied something over Isabella and I a few minutes ago, and I told Isabella, well, I told the Lord when we got in the car, Lord, I receive it. You know what I'm saying? I asked for it. Why? Because you prophesied. I said, Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen. You don't need to know how it's going to happen. You just need to ask for it. Peter was the only one that had the audacity to ask. You can't walk on water if you don't get out of the boat. You can't get a home run if you don't take the swing. Stop sitting down. You're going to have to ask for it. If the Holy Ghost prompts you to ask for it, open up your mouth and ask for it. Say, in this season, I will ask for it. Here's another thing. Uh, revelation is the authorization for your faith. Revelation, say this. Say, revelation, revelation. is an invitation for my participation. The Holy Ghost, when the Lord reveals something to you, God is revealing to you what he wants you involved in. God will give you a revelation that becomes the invitation for your participation. Peter was like, Lord, if that's you, I want to get in on that. And Jesus spoke one word. He said, come. And Peter didn't walk on the water. He walked on the word. You're going to have to walk on the word. You're going to have to walk on every word that God speaks to you in 2024. You're going to have to get out of that boat and walk on that word and believe God and, and, and stay locked in. Say, I will not, I will not lose, my focus. lose my focus. While he was walking on the word, he was good. While he was walking on the word, he was good. And then the Bible says what? He looked at the wind. He looked at the waves. If you lose your focus, you're going to sink. That's right. He started sinking because he lost his focus. He started sinking because he shifted his attention. Listen, this is a season where you're going to have to be locked in, where you're going to have to meditate and medicate on what God said to you, when you're going to have to take whatever God says to you more in 2024 and everything God says to you for this season, you're going to have to put it all over your house, put it in your prayer closet, put it on your mirror, put it in your fridge, put it in your car. You're going to have to meditate on it. You're going to have to remind yourself of what God said. You're going to have to keep the word of God before your eyes. You're going to have to keep the word of God on your lips. You're going to have to decree and declare what God has already decreed and declared for this season. Lord, I thank you and I receive it. And when things get worse before they get better, because they will, when distractions come because they're coming. Uh, you will not be moved. In the middle of the distraction, Lord, I thank you for it. In the middle of the you watch this. You get a distraction, you get a phone call. Here comes the phone call, and it's a distraction. The phone call is over. That's not what you wanted to hear. You put it down, 
As soon as the phone call is over, Lord, I thank you that it's already done. Lord, I thank you. I believe and I receive it. Lord, I'm not going to be moved by that phone call. Lord, I'm not going to be moved by that text message. Lord, I'm not going to be moved by that email. I'm only going to be moved by what you said. I refuse to waver. I refuse to quit. I refuse to falter. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to cave in. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to believe what God said until I see what God said. I fix my eyes on the unseen realm. It's only a matter of time. So you got to remind yourself. You got to preach to yourself. You got to minister to yourself. Because if you lose your focus, you will lose your way. Say, that's not me. I'm not going to lose my way because I'm not going to lose my focus. Another thing you can't do is I'm wrapping this thing up. Watch this. I, say this. I will not, I will not overthink it. Oh, that, that's like a whole lot of people. I'm, I'm on people's toes right now. I'm like, I'm, this point right here is going to step on some bunions, right? What, what you don't want to do is overthink it because when, when Jesus said, come, you know what happened? Some people, some people in this room would have been like, oh, hold on for a minute. <laughs> I, know, I know I asked for it. <laughs> Lord, you so funny. You know I asked for it, Lord, but, but, but let, me, let, me, let me think about it. No, if you think about it, you ain't going to do it. God says, write that check. You're like, that's a lot of zeros. If you think about it, you ain't going to do it. Don't overthink it. When God tells you to do something, you can't be sitting here and try. No, that's too much humanity in the way. You will think your way out of your blessing. You will overthink it. You will rationalize it. You will, let me use logic. Let me use common sense. There's too much humanity in the way. That means that you are being carnally minded. God said, go, go. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And so, no, no, he, do not overthink it. He told him to get out the boat. He had to get out of the boat. Say amen to that. Peter lost his focus. He lost his way. That will not be you. Looking straight ahead. Let me read Proverbs 4 and 25 for you, and then I'm going to wrap this up. Again, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25 says this. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Say, I'm looking straight ahead. I ignore every distraction. I'm going to ignore every distraction. I refuse to get distracted. I'm going to be locked in. I'm going to live a disciplined and a focused life. Last scripture. Say last scripture. Last now, Bishop Peoples is my father. You know, Paul had three or four closings. All right, so anyway, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Say, I stand firm. Look at these words right here. Let nothing move you. Say, I will, I will. Allow, allow nothing, nothing. To, move me. to move me. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. This is a season for you not to be moved. This is a season for you to be steadfast, locked in, unmovable. I'm locked in with laser focus. There's a fixed purpose that God has established for 2024. There's some things that God already decreed, that God already declared, that God already planned. There's some things that God is going to show me. He's going to give me dreams while I'm sleeping, open visions while I'm awake. He's going to talk to me while I'm driving my car. And when I receive those things, I'm going to write those things down. And watch this. When I write it down, it's as much the Word of God as the Word of God. And so when God gives me a word in my car, it's no less the Word of God than the Word of God because it's a tailor-made word for me. And I'm going to nurse it. And I'm going to rehearse it. And I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to decree it. And I'm going to declare it. And I'm going to remain locked in. I'm going to remain fixed and focused. I will not lose my 
focus. I was made for more in 2024. I'm going to navigate change. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit every day of my life. God is on me. I'm going to be led by Him in every day, in every way. And as I live this way in 2024, I will experience God's best. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand all over the building. Come on, let's give God some praise.